You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. I'll be your host this week, Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. With me as always is my fellow co-host, Ali. You can follow on Twitter at FFDynastyGrill. How are you doing, Ali? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Matt. Apart from being a, a hot, sweaty mess, as we've been discussing before the show, it's uh, yeah, it's it's rather warm in the UK. I know we shouldn't we shouldn't moan about it, but we've just seen our record temperature um, break the, the forty degree mark, which uh, for us people living in the UK, we're we're not used to that. So um, yeah, we're we're having to, to to get through it tonight. It's a bit scrambled, we're a bit sweaty, but um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been hotting up again in the the uh, charity the charity tournaments. We've got the Warrior Bowl going on that started this week, which is which is really exciting, and we've got the FFCC starting next week as well. So, so yeah, it's going really well. So, how are you doing, Matt? Yeah, like you said, Ali, we're British. We've got to, we've got to talk about the weather, haven't we? I mean, we're, it's what we do. So, yeah, absolutely melting in this heat. It's uh, it's beyond hot. I've been obviously working outside as well myself. It's um, it's been a tough couple of days, but hopefully it's going to cool down. But we will apologise for for being sweaty messes for today's show. But <laughs> it can't be helped. We're trying as best. We've got fans blowing on us from every angle, but um, yeah, I'm sure we'll get through it. And before we we move on, sadly no no Kev this this week um, having to having to deal with a few things. So it's just me and me and Ali, the best two anyway, Ali. So I mean, the best it's, two. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and before we get on with today's show, I'll just quickly mention as well this past week uh, weekend just gone there. UK FFC meetup. It was um, sadly you, you couldn't make it, Ali, but it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and I just wanted to give a shout out to to Rich, Dan, and and Liam that that was that were there on on the day organising everything. Everything went swimmingly, and also a big shout out to everyone else that was involved setting that up. It was it was great to meet everybody, um, put, put faces to to names and and Twitter handles, and, and as I say, they, they made a great event. I believe they raised two thousand pounds as well, just over for for Mind Charity, which is which is incredible as well. And yeah, just a, a brilliant day all around. It, it was great to be a part of, and as I say, to, to meet everyone and, and be able to raise a, a lot of funds. So hopefully next year, Ali, I'm, I'm sure you'll be there. Um, I, I know for a fact they'll, they'll be setting the one up, no doubt. So um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to to go to next year and, and something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. So as I say, we'll, we'll crack on with today's show and we've got a great show coming up for you on today's show. We're going to be discussing Dynasty Sleepers, so some players that, that we can see gaining in value um, based on currently where they've been drafted, the, the current start of ADP. So um, should be a lot of fun. We're, we're going to be digging for for some great sleepers, Ali. It's, it's always an interesting one. I know last year, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll not say too much about last year's results, but um, I feel like this year we we've got some great guys lined up, and I feel like we're we're going to smash it with this one. So we're going to kick things off. As I say, Kev's not here, but he's put some name forward, and and we'll quickly just mention whenever we get to to one of like Kev's selections, um, myself and Ali will we'll briefly go over um, the guy that Kev picked. So we're going to kick straight off with, with Kev's first pick. He's gone for for Tyrion Davis Price, the the running back from from the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers. So Ali, what's your, your feelings on this pick that, that Kev's gone for? Yeah, I think it's a great pick. It, it would definitely would have been my pick if uh, if we didn't pick him first. It's we saw exactly what happened last year with this 49ers backfield with Elijah Mitchell coming in. Um Ty Davis Price has got better draft capital, picked in the, the third round. His He's definitely a bigger back as well, coming in at £219. So, Carl Shanahan's obviously got an eye on, on using him, possibly possibly the goal line. Um, 
using his power to get over the over the to score the touchdown and um but also because of injury concerns i think all the all the backs in the 49ers suffered injuries last year so um it it was a surprise for a lot of people for, for them to to make a pick especially as they didn't have many picks in the draft uh, to to go for one so early but they obviously had their eye on on davis price and and picked him in the third round and it just adds to the pool that they've got um, it's, it's always a really interesting backfield to try and dissect. It's probably one of the toughest ones to dissect. Um, we were all thinking that Mitchell had that fantastic year last year. When he did get injured, he came back. And Carl Shahan put him in as the workhorse again, which showed his confidence in him. Um, so everyone's expecting the same again. But then this just throws another name into the hat uh, and just muddies it somewhat. Um, the, the 49ers, again, they've never had a, they never repeat with their running back ones. Always seem to change them every year. So... It'll be really interesting to see how this unfolds. So, Davis Price going at well, he's on keep trade cut. I'll, I'll be forty nine, so yeah. it's it's a decent value for me. I can certainly see if he if he does get that goal line work or even a bit more that that value could be higher this time next year. So, it might be worth investing in him this year, especially with that decent draft capital. We saw what happened with Elijah Mitchell. He was down at runner back seventy last year and. Cole Shanahan doesn't doesn't matter what what your draft capital is if you show up in camp and you ball out that then you can be risen on the depth chart. So so really that Davis Price could earn himself a decent role in this offense and and with that his his ADP could rise and his value could rise. So I think I think it's a really decent selection. Um, Matt, do you do you feel the same? Is it someone that you think could have a chance to to rise up next year? Yeah, I definitely think it's a, a really interesting selection. I, I believe that the selection itself by the 49ers to even go for Davis Price, I mean, this is a guy that I didn't really know too much about heading into the draft. He wasn't really someone that I, I looked too deep into. We ran for over at LSU, but um, yeah, not really somebody that I, I really paid too much attention to and into the draft. And the fact that he went in the third round to the 49ers, that's when everybody's eyes, I think, got open. The fact that the 49ers took him in that, that day two draft cap. So I feel like they're kind of looking for, for what they were hoping that they got in, in Trey Sermon the year before. Obviously, we know that, that he really didn't didn't perform last year, never really got going and, and like touched upon Eliza Mitchell. He just took over that backfield, never really looked like like letting it up. Trey Sermon had a couple of attempts, uh, a couple of games where he got a chance. But um, yeah, I feel like this is a pick where they, they're just looking to to get that player that they kind of hope that they, they, they would have got last year in in sermon so the selection's really interesting as you mentioned um the fact that it's this 49ers backfield we know how great that can be for for fantasy the, the points that you can get um from these 49ers running backs when given the chance um i just think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out with, with mitchell because like you said last year looks really good in, in the games that he did play um is this maybe more of an insurance policy or is it a, a guy that they can use more at the goal line that as you said that bigger back that can can get some touchdowns and if he is using that way gets the opportunity and and succeeds in that role then if anything were to happen to to Mitchell I think it's going to be really interesting to see if he does take that that backfield and and we know what Shanahan's like if he, he rides the hot hand so um if he if he does take up that role and I, I don't think he'll let go of it to be honest I think Mitchell he had that that fifth round draft capital so if you if you're basing it on draft capital you feel like that Davis Price is going to get the the bigger opportunity if if he does become the starter. It's it's um it's a really interesting one, as I say, with, with Kyle Shanahan. You you never really know what you're going to get deal with Shanahan. It's <laughs> it, it well, it was proven last year with um obviously Mitchell starting. So yeah, I think it's a really interesting selection. The fact that he is going so so late in in startups, I feel like it's a, a piece that you want to grab. And as I say, if it, if he becomes a starter, I, yeah, I think that vibe is going to take a, 
uh, spike and and like we saw last year with, with Mitchell and the value that he gained last year. So yeah, I think it's a really interesting selection by Kevin. Yeah, fully on board with it as as a sleeper. What what do you feel like with this backfield, Ali? Do you do you think maybe he could potentially just come in and slowly start taking over the backfield, or do you think mm. Mitchell's kind of locked in and it's going to rely on an injury for for Davis Price to, to see a larger role? Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm a bit more cautious than I was before the draft. I was really bullish on Elijah Mitchell. His yeah. His ADP, I felt, was a bit too low for where he was, for what he showed last year. I thought they were going to change and go to that, that workhorse role and just compliment him. Um, now, with this pick, with one of their first picks of the draft, it does muddy it somewhat, especially if Mitchell was to pick up uh, an injury. And and then if if TD, if TD he got a decent w- workload, would they carry on with him? If he if he showed up in, in his chances that he gets, if he does really well, then... Is, is Shanahan going to say, well, you're now the lead back and Mitchell, you're going to compliment him. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it's going to be really interesting, especially with Trey Lance being coming in and mm-hmm. being the Russian quarterback that he is. Is he going to take some of these running uh, touchdowns away from these running backs? So, uh, yeah, it's a really complicated one to dissect. But um, with Trey Lance, I think he's got a higher ceiling than what Jimmy G has. So there's yeah. the scope for more more touchdowns, more scoring this year. So, if you can get it right, you've absolutely nailed it, and you're on your way to success this year. But um, but yeah, yes, I think it, yeah. it can maybe be a little bit like the Ravens. Obviously, we talk about Lamar Jackson. We we worry about the touchdowns that he might take away, but at the same time, is is creating more space because obviously the defense we've got to focus on a rushing quarterback plus the the running back. So yeah, in that way, it could potentially be a, a positive if Trey Lance when he becomes a starter, the the rushing upside that he has, it could maybe open a few more lanes for for these running backs. So. Could even be a positive having having Trey Lance, despite the fact that you may lose out on a on a few touchdowns near the goal line. Um, just as a whole, as a as a running unit, I think it could potentially be be even better for this 49ers backfield. So definitely an interesting backfield to, to pay attention to. And as I say, I think Davis Price is a is a great target later on in your in your startup draft. So we'll move on to to your sleeper, probably your first sleeper of, of the show. Yes, we'll go from a exciting backfield to a not very exciting <laughs> wide receiver court, to be honest. And it's it's John Mechie, um, a guy that I really like, wide receiver from Houston Texans now. Uh, Keep Trade Cut has got, has got him at wide receiver 56 uh, coming to the league this this draft. Um, second round pick, four-star recruit, uh, been a big contributor for Alabama last two seasons, came in, I think it was 2020, he really stepped up and filled in when Jalen Waddle went down to injury and then didn't really relinquish that that role. 2,058 yards in, in the two seasons and 14 touchdowns. Unfortunately, tore his ACL in the, the 2021 championship game. Um, but then there's reports coming just last week, actually, that he's close to returning to the field. So uh, a lot of people had him down for coming back possibly the last sort of six games, but it looking like it could be a bit sooner than that, which is, which is always good. Um, five foot eleven, one hundred eighty-seven pounds. So he's a bit smaller, but he's he's really polished, crisp route runner. So I think that he projects really well to to line up in the slot. Um, obviously, it's not going to be a high-powered offense like the 49ers. You're talking Davis Mills is looking like the quarterback for the Texans this year. They've got Nico Collins and and Brandon Cooks is probably going to be the guy. Um, but but John Mechie's someone that is. I think he's going to be a slow burner. So you're not going to see him come in week one because he's not going to be there. And he's not going to see a big spike in value, but I think he's going to, um, when he comes in, he's going to, it could be slow going, but um, towards the end of the season, I think he could uh, stand out from the crowd in this, in this wide receiver court. He's despite him not being the biggest guy, he's, he's a really good contested catch guy. 
Um, so yeah, I think his his stock could rise considerably the, the second half of the season. So it's it's more of a long one, really. If you if you're rebuilding or if you're a team that's not looking to compete this year, I think is a great piece for for you to buy into. Is I think long term he could be the number one for the Texans. I think he can be really productive in this this offense. Um, just got to wait for that quarterback upgrade, really, and and then the the Texans are going to put some complementary players around him. I think this offense could transform itself and. Mitchie, I can see him being a top 24 wide receiver in the NFL. So I think mm. to get him at wide receiver 56, I think um, could be his floor. Uh, it could it could be a bit lower, being so he's going to be injured to start the season, but it, it might drop a bit. But, um, but I expect it to rise when he sees the field and, and he shows out. So um, John Mitchie was, was almost going to be my wildcard pick, to be honest. He's someone <laughs> that I, I've really started to, to like. And um, yes, just a great piece for a, a rebuilder side, to be honest. No, I think this is a great selection. I think Mechie was kind of kind of became like the forgotten man, didn't he, heading into to the NFL draft? There weren't too many people I saw on Twitter really talking about him. It might have been like the injury that you, you spoke about. Maybe people were, were fading him. But the fact that he got that that second round draft capital, that's when, again, people start to take attention. And then the, the situation that he's landing in with the Texans, we know there's not great depth, is there, at those wide receiver positions. So like you touched upon, I think, he's going to get the opportunity early once he makes his return from this injury. I feel like he can step right in and, and compete with guys like Nico Collins. I mean, the only guy really that stands out is obviously Brandon Cooks as, as the lead guy, but like Touch Bunny's he's getting up there in age. Um, Mechie's got a real shot of, of becoming the, the the main guy in this offence in maybe a year or two's time. Um, and as I say, with that draft capital, it makes you feel even more confident um, about that. So, yeah, I think he's a really interesting player to to be targeting your startups. And like you said, the, the fact that he's wide receiver 56 feels pretty low. I mean, even for, for a rookie wide receiver, I think if he just has any kind of hints of ability when he, when he gets onto the field, I feel like that that ADP is going to gonna start creeping up. So, um, yeah, I think this is a, another great selection based on the opportunity that he's, he's going to be getting. Um, and, yeah, like you said, the, the potential upgrade at quarterback at some point down the line as well. Um, although Davis Mills didn't, didn't look too bad as a, as a rookie, so maybe even earlier than we think we could get some production out of, uh, of John Mitchell. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you've absolutely yeah. nailed it with this one, Ali. And like you said, it could have could have been your wild card selection, and we could have been praising you maybe in a, in a year's time when when that value takes a takes a bump. But yeah, I think any, any more any more thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I just think you got to look at the the Houston Texans, what they're going to do this season. I think they're looking at a top five draft pick in in the draft next season. So. Yeah. They're going to be in line for one of them, one of them big, nice quarterbacks coming into the, into the league. So one of them would be really nice, or or even if they, you know, traded it for a veteran. Um, yeah. I think there's going to be Davis Mills. He, he did, you know, he was absolutely fine. He was steady. Um, I don't think he could support many, many players are in in, in terms of fantasy. Uh, so yeah, got to look for a hopefully a quarterback upgrade. And <laughs> I think it, it, I think it's in line for one. So so John Mechie, yeah. if if you think. If you take one of the the top two quarterbacks in, coming into the draft next season, and if John Mechie shows up at the the second half of the season, the the two could really, you know, produce point, fantasy points for you know several years to come. So, I think now is the cheapest you're likely to get him. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and as I say, I think he's a great target in in your startup. So, with that, we'll now move on on to my sleeper, and I've gone for Jalen Tolbert, the the wide receiver selected by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, currently going wide receiver uh, 59 on, on keep trade cuts, so a little bit like yourself, Ali. I just feel that the value that you're getting in, in startups makes makes Talbot a great sleeper selection in, in startups. Um, 
a guy coming from a, from a smaller school, but this is a guy that I was actually quite high on um, pre-NFL draft. Um, did a little write-up on him on, on Twitter as well. Really liked him coming from that, that smaller school, but he had that production. And as I say, that I think a little bit like, like you have with Mechie, I just feel like the situation that he's found himself in um, could lead to, to early production straight away. As I say, landing with the Dallas Cowboys, they've just lost Amari Cooper. Um, he's going to be playing behind C.D. Lamb and, and Dalton Schultz at the tight end position. But beyond that, they're struggling. Obviously, Michael Gallup had that, that tough injury, that ACL injury at the end of last year. He might not be ready for, for week one. I've heard rumours that there's a chance he could he could make week one. But even if he does, I still feel like that, that Jalen Talbot's going to get an opportunity. I've seen reports that he's, he's really impressed in OT, uh, OTAs. So if he can carry that momentum on, have a really good pre-season. Um, yeah, I think he's in line for, for early production. A guy that can can be used all over the field. Um, I think he's likely going to be on the outside. They're probably going to put CD Lamb maybe back in into the slot. Um, but either way, I think Talbot is he's got a great opportunity over it at the Cowboys. And as I say, that 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 ADP of wide receiver fifty nine, you're getting him so late in your in your startups. Why not take a shot on this guy? That and if he does get that early production, his value is only going to going to shoot up. So yeah, Jalen Talbot's my sleeper. Really like him. Really like the the situation that he's landed in tied to, to Dak Prescott. Yes, great, a great pick. Someone that I've, I think, whereas with Mechie, it's going to be a slow burner, but I think with Tolbert, you could see a big spike. Yeah. You could see him being the guy that everybody rushes to the waiver wire for in, in redraft. Maybe that, you know, not him being a rookie, they've not picked him in sort of shallower leagues, but um, yeah. someone that could absolutely show up, produce week one with, with Michael Gallup not being there. CeeDee Lamb, mm. is he going to take the next step? Uh, obviously, Don Schultz there, the, the main tight end. Uh, but he, he couldn't have walked into a better situation, to be honest. He's got Dak Prescott as his, as his quarterback. He's on a team that loves to throw the ball a lot. Uh, taking the, the place of Amari Cooper, you've got James Washington, who's also got a foot injury, who sounded like he could be ready for, for camp. But someone that's not really not really done it for the Steelers, is I think he's more insurance, to be honest. Um, not someone that I think is going to produce a lot. So... So Jalen Tolbert, the, he's definitely got a, a higher ceiling than, than James Washington. So again, wide receiver 59, that could, could see a little spike in value the first few games of the season. Um, and then, yeah, if he if he carries it on, if he if he can produce early on and carry it on, then he's someone that is on such a high-powered offense. We like talking about players on this high-powered offense like the Cardinals and the Chargers, just trying to collect pieces if we can. Well, Jalen Tolbert is, is extremely cheap right now, so... Um, yeah, definitely someone that I can see rising in ADP sooner than later. Yeah, I think you nailed it there. We, we want pieces of these high-powered offense, don't we, with, with all these top teams. But I feel like Talbot, the opportunity they could be getting, it's not even like you're just grabbing a, a wide receiver four on a team. This is a guy that could easily step in and be straight the wide receiver two for, for this team. And as you said, it's been such a high-powered offense. And that's just what makes him really exciting for me. And as I say, I, I quite like the the talent before the NFL draft. So the fact that everything's coupled up quite nicely with the the draft capital and the, and the situation, yeah, he's a guy that I've been targeting in in a, a lot of my startups. So definitely, it was an easy selection for me for for my first sleeper. But with that, we'll now move on to, to Kev's second sleeper, and he's gone for a great one here in in Paris Campbell. Um, currently a wide receiver, eighty four on. On keep trade cut. This is a guy that I really liked. Um, even as a right back to his rookie season, is the only problem with with Paris Campbell is he's, he's never really had that opportunity of staying healthy, has he? he just seems to mm -hmm. every time he builds up that little bit of momentum, it, it goes down with a, a really tough injury. So yeah, Ali, I'll let you let you 
say uh, praise praise the praise the man for his, his selection of Paris Gamble because I'm sure you're you're just as excited by Paris Gamble as, as what we all are. I think. Yeah, I'd love to come on here and <laughs> slate slate Kev's picks and him not be able to defend himself. But um, but yeah, it's it's a really sad story. Paris Campbell, someone that I've I've got quite a lot of in Dynasty. Managed to get off uh, before the start of last season in a, in a couple of places, but I've still I've still got him because the the talent's clearly there. Is yeah. When he's been healthy, he's someone that's absolutely electric. He's an explosive playmaker, and that's a lot. A lot wide receiver I like on my team. I want them to be explosive and and produce that enough, and someone that can take a ball seventy yards to the house and and win you a week. So, Paris Campbell is someone that I've always wanted to to have. And uh, now having Matt Ryan as his quarterback is is an exciting link up. There could be the best quarterback that he's ever had. Um, the the reports are that he's healthy and working with the first two reps. He feels really happy about where his game is. Uh, just been, yeah, just them 15 games in three years. It's just been injury after injury. Um, but but if he is healthy, he, he is the wide receiver too on this offense, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, you've obviously got Michael Pittman Jr., who's fantastic last season, can take that next step again. Then you've got Alex Pierce, Alec Pierce come in, someone that I really like, but obviously he's a rookie, could take some time to develop fully. So, Paris Campbell, I think, has got a great opportunity. And you look at wide receiver 84, he, he really is the forgotten man. I think people have, people have looked at that injury history and just absolutely given up and kicked him kicked him in the bin, to be honest. But, um, yeah. but I think this is his last opportunity. If he mm-hmm. if he can't stay healthy this year, then I'm going to find it really, really difficult to believe that he ever can stay healthy. So, um, yeah, it's certainly worth a shot now. It's someone that I can easily see if he stayed healthy for, what, 12, 13, 14 games, someone that, He's going to produce some really decent figures. So wide receiver 84 is too low. I can see that jumping 30 spots if you manage to have a 80% healthy season. Uh, so it's, I think it's a great selection. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree, to be honest. Like I said, he's a guy that I really liked as, as a rookie. So there's been where I've drafted him on rookie drafts. There's a lot of leagues where I'm, I'm currently holding him and you've just got to wait and ride it out. But at the same time, in my startups, he's a guy with that, that ADP wide receiver 84. I've been happy to reach him to be honest. Take him even around, even two rounds higher than than where his ADP is on on sleeper as well. They, they've got him real low down. So, um, yeah, I, I'm still a believing that. I believe it was a, a round two pick. It was definitely a, a day two mm-hmm. pick. I believe it so. Was, yeah. Um, got that that draft caps. Obviously, we're, we're we're far removed now from when he was selected, but this obviously shows that he, he's got that talent. The fact that he was selected so early. So, yeah, it's just it's it's the obvious thing in it with Campbell. He's, he's just got to stay healthy if he can. Like you said, I, I agree. I think he is the wide receiver too on this offense. The fact that they've got Matt Ryan now—that's an upgrade at quarterback from from what they've had to deal with over the last couple of years with Philip Rivers and, and Carson Wentz. I feel like now he's going to have the best quarterback of his career. So if he can just stay healthy, I'm, I'm really excited by him. Obviously, we know that this this offense is going to run through Jonathan Taylor. We know what an absolute dominant running back he is, but at the same time, they, they can't run it 100 percent of the time. So I believe when when they do pass it. Um, Price Campbell, I feel like he's going to play a big role in that. So, yeah, great selection by Kev. Like you, I'd, I'd love to rip into Kev. The fact that he's he's not here, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be nice on him and, and say yeah, he's made a great pick here. And with the ADP, definitely somebody that can can rise in value um, over the next year. So, with that, we're going to move on to to your next sleep rally. Who've you gone for? Yes, yeah, so I mentioned this offense earlier. Um, it's the Chargers offense. I want to try and collect all the pieces that I can and. Probably the cheapest piece of this offense is Josh Palmer or 
Joshua Palmer if you find him on <laughs> Sleeper. I was, <laughs> keep keep looking for him on Sleeper and putting Josh Palmer and nothing comes up. And I'm like, am I losing my mind? Where is he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Joshua Palmer. Keep trade cut. I've got him at wide receiver 66. His uh, DLF startup ADP is wide receiver 73, so actually lower than that. And the reports are he's been taken first team reps, which is a, a great sign. The, the third round pick in the 2021 draft flashed last year with some with some half decent performances. The the Chargers that we all know they're a high powered offense. They've got elite quarterback now in Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and, and Mike Williams. We all love them pieces. They got Austin Eckler catching out of the backfield. Um, yeah, it's just a fantastic offense. You want to try and get every piece you can. Uh, the, the Chargers, they like 11 personnel sets, three wide receivers, spread it out, let Justin Herbert do the work. And I think Palmer's going to take that third wide receiver spot this season. I think he's going to overtake Jalen Guyton. Um, he certainly, if you looked at Josh Palmer's reps at the back end of last year, so the final five games of the 2021 season, he had 24 targets in his final five games and he actually scored three touchdowns. So, He's certainly his workload took a, a a big rise, so I think Josh Palmer, someone that can work himself into that wide receiver three role, and then if you just if you had an injury to Mike Williams, we know Mike Williams is is quite injury prone. Um, you, you never know Josh Palmer stepping into that wide receiver two role, just can see a massive bump in in production. So I think uh, the, there's a good chance to in, see an increase in in value for Josh Palmer over the course of the season. Uh, so again, wide receiver sixty six. And once he was 73 and start up, I'm probably happy to to reach around earlier than that and try and grab him because I think he's 22 years old. I think there's there's plenty of upside there. Keenan Allen's not getting any younger. So if he can work himself into the wide receiver three role, looking at, you know, wide receiver two role as well, then again, he, someone that can see a, a rise in value for maybe, what, 20 spots if, if he was to to rise up a bit more. So, um, yeah, again, wide receiver six, six, I think... Is going to be his his floor. I think he's going to certainly going to be up from here. Yeah, I'll be honest. I absolutely love this pick, Ali, but at the same time, I absolutely hate it. I know when we set the show sheet up, you put Josh Palmer <laughs> as, as your sleeper, but the fact is, but we're in a start together, Ali, and you've got the pick before me. And it was coming around, and when I saw that this was your sleeper, I knew for a fact he was getting picked. And what do you know? Josh Palmer gets swiped right from under my feet because, like yourself, yeah, I absolutely love Josh Palmer. I loved him as a as a rookie. Um, I believe he played for Tennessee in college, but it was an absolute terrible Tennessee side. And when I say terrible, that's an understatement. I think it was absolutely shocking. Um, I feel that kind of led to him sliding a little bit in, in the NFL draft, even though he was taken in the third round. I think from a talent perspective, he's a really, a really interesting guy. And the fact that he landed with the Chargers, like you said, the, the, the high-powered offense, we always want to get peace of these high-powered offenses. The fact that he went there tied to, to Justin Herbert, he was a guy I was really excited for as a rookie. Never really got that opportunity as a rookie but when he did i feel like he kind of showed out when he had the opportunity i know he had a couple of a big splash games so if he can claim that wide receiver three role which i, I do believe as well like you said ali i think he's going to come in and, and take that role this year um i feel like i always mention this but with rookies i feel like we've been kind of treated a little too well with how quickly they can produce i feel like these these sleeper guys these guys that are taking a little bit later i feel like you have to maybe give them a year or two to develop so um, yeah, with Josh Palmer coming into his second year now in the NFL, I think he could take that real step forward and and claim that wide receiver three role. Um, like we keep saying, tied to this high-powered offense, getting a piece of, of this high-powered offense is what you want to do. And and again, like you said with with Mike Williams, the fact that he's such a 
go up and get it wide receiver. He, he puts it all on the line when he's when he's going to snag those balls. He's, he's got a highlight reel full of these amazing catches. But when he goes up, there's, there's a long way to come down with a guy as big as what he is. So <laughs> it always does lead to, to those injuries. And we've seen it time and time again with Williams. He, he does miss games here and there. So there's that potential for, for Palmer to even step into that, that wide receiver tool role. I, I know that when he was coming up to... And the end of his contract, Williams obviously re-signed this off-season. But I was, I was really hoping that that he moved on and, mm-hmm. and Palmer could step into that wide receiver two role. But even as the wide receiver three, I think with the the amount of pass volume that there is over there in in LA, um, yeah, I think he's a great selection. That that ADP wide receiver, sixty six, it's, it's dirt cheap again, and definitely somebody I'm targeting. Sadly, can't get him in in the leagues that I'm with you, Ali, because <laughs> you're sniping me. But um, yeah, in the leagues where where I don't have to contend with you. Um, yeah, somebody that I've been I've been targeting in, in a lot of the startups. So, real like selection, Ali. And, and with that, we'll we'll now move on to to my second sleeper. And, and this one I actually changed up a little bit before. I was going to go for uh, Brevin Jordan, but when I saw that he was ranked high and twenty, I thought I've got to get a little bit deeper. Got to go for a bit more of a, a sleeper. So I've I've kind of honed into my bias here and I've gone for <laughs> New York Giants tight end. I've gone for Daniel Bellinger, um, that the rookie coming in with the New York Giants, um. When, I, when we selected him, he wasn't someone I was I was super excited by. But then when you look into to the athletic profile that Bellinger got, I know Kev kind of opened my eyes to him a little bit before the NFL draft. He's an absolute freak when it comes to his athleticism. So the fact that we're getting him in at, at the Giants, um, giving him solid draft capital, taking him early day three, um, I think the opportunity is there for him. And, and that's, I think, a lot of these sleepers is what we've kind of honed in on into it, looking for that, that opportunity for him to, to gain in value. So... Yeah, as I say, coming in to be our tight end, obviously we've lost lost Evan Engram this this off season with him going to the Jags. Um, only really up against Ricky Seals Jones. I know a guy people were were getting excited by by him, but I feel like Bellinger's kind of taken over that. And I've seen rumours that maybe even Ricky Seals Jones doesn't make the the roster heading into to next year. So if Bellinger can claim that that early opportunity, we know with tight ends they, they usually take a little bit of time to to get going. But I, I really do feel like Bellinger could be our starting tight end and. If he produces early, and as I say, that, that athleticism, it's kind of a like for like of seven Engram. We know how athletic he was. I'm not saying that Bellinger's right up there with, with Engram because he was an absolute freak, but um, Bellinger's is definitely an athletic tight end and, and somebody that we need on the Giants. We've obviously got a few, few wide receivers over there, but as I say, the opportunity to become the starting tight end is what you're looking for. Early, early opportunity. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about Bellinger. I just think that the tight end 30 ranking. I feel like that's quite easy to, to gain. Even if he becomes the starter, I feel like he's going to at least jump into into the mid-20s. And, and then from there, if he can produce, I can see it creeping up into into the 20s, even into into the 18-19 um, range. So, yeah, what's your, what's your feelings on Bellandrelli? Yeah, so tight ends, the the ones that you look for to, to make that leap are the athletic ones. And when you look at Bellinger, he's an athletic freak. Uh, I think it's a great a great pick by by the Giants. Is surrounded by old veteran tight ends. I think you've got yeah Ricky Seals Jones, Jordan Akins. Well, he's about forty years old. He's, he's getting on, knocking <laughs> on. I think Bellinger has been he's been really working with the first team unit, so that's absolutely key for for his pro, progress and tight end thirty. As you mentioned, I think the only way is up. He could he could easily uh rise 10 places at least if he if he becomes the starter if he's a week one starter you're looking at someone that's athletic in an offense that there's real reason to believe this offense is is not only going to get better they're going to actually make a huge leap this year with the 
the new coach and staff. I think the Giants did they score the least amount of touchdowns last year? They were really, yeah. really oh. bad. Yeah. Oh, we were. Oh, I know. I know all too well. We were bad. <laughs> Obviously, Daniel Jones is an absolute key here for Daniel Jones. Um, whether he's going to take that next step, if he's going to be the, the the Giants' quarterback of the future. Um, so, so yeah, it all it all leads to just plenty of opportunities for Bellinger. That's all you look for. I think this this Giants' offense is is looking a lot more exciting than it was this time last year. You got. Barkley coming back, you've got loads of wide receivers. Um, there's talk that they want to get Golladay going again, and you've got a great wide receiver in Golladay if he can get himself going. So I just think it's it's all positive for Bellinger and, and tight end 30. I think it's just it's too low. I'd definitely rather take the shot on Bellinger at tight end 30 than someone pretty old at tight end, say, 22, that's got no upside. Bellinger's someone that you can pick up so cheap right now, and then if he does become the starter, if he if he shows up early, you've either got someone that could be the long term starter of the Giants, or someone that you can use to 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 sell on and and trade away for a for a more secure piece. So I think now is the time to to try and get Bellinger, even though he is a rookie. I think there's not been too much hype about him, but the second that the reports come out that his he's looking like he could be the starting tight end or or close to then his value is going to take a, a spike. So, so you need, sometimes you need to act, you know, pretty, you need to keep your, your eye and your ear out for the, the camp reports and try and act pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit like the, the Titan I mentioned before, I was going to talk about Brevin Jordan. I mean, really what did he do last year? He only had limited mm-hmm. opportunities. I think he only had 20 receptions under 200 yards. He did score a few touchdowns, but he wasn't really the starter last year. And, and he went as a day three pick, even though he was a guy that, a lot of people were quite and I quite liked him as a, as a rookie sadly slid a little bit in the NFL draft and as I say day three so a little bit like Bellinger an athletic tight end that that, that got that day three draft capital but the fact that Brevin Jordan didn't really get that opportunity but I think it's now because we know he's pretty much going to be a lock as, as the starter for for the Texans that we've seen him go up to that tight end 20 so yeah like we're saying with Bellinger I think if he does get named the starter or the, the signs all point towards him being the starter I think we can see that ADP um, starting to increase and, and and if he does become the starter early then he's going to get an early opportunity that, that Brevin Jordan didn't quite get last year so um, yeah I can see him easily getting up to that range where Brevin Jordan's currently going so the fact that you can get him 10 spots later at, at the tight end position um, yeah I think it, personally I'm not trying to pat me on back but I think he's um, an interesting sleeper at the tight end positions obviously we know how rough it is at, at the tight end position sure, anyway yeah. so I mean you, you don't have to you're not like you're expecting too much from these, these tight ends at this range so it's not going to take a lot for him to, to gain a bit in value. So, um, yeah, really like him as a, as a sleeper. And with that, we're going to move on to, to Kev's third pick and, and his sleeper. And he's gone for the wide receiver for the Vikings, Amir Smith-Marset. Um, I mean, this this is he's definitely gone deep for this one. And I feel like he's, <laughs> he's guaranteed to, to gain in value. Sure, they keep trade cut, got him. Wide receiver, 121. I didn't even know there was 121 wide receivers in the NFL. I mean, God, he's going, <laughs> he's going super late in, in your startups. A guy that you can get super late in, as I say, in your startup. So, yeah, Ali, what's your, your feelings on Kev Sleeper? Yeah, I love it. I love the fact that he's he's not gone chalky. He's gone the complete opposite. He's throwing some random names out in the mix. <laughs> but but he's obviously, he was obviously watching week 17 of the 2021 season where <laughs> Smith Marset went off for 103 yards and a touchdown against the Bears. Um, but, but yeah, wide receiver 121 again is in a decent offense. This this Minnesota offense has got some great pieces in. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, possibly the best wide receiver in the NFL. Adam Thielen, he's he's really getting on now. He's he's, he's pretty ancient, but he's still he's still producing. He's still uh, catching them end zone touchdowns. 
Um, and you've got KJ Osborne as well. He's, he's looking like the third wide receiver. And again, he's someone that I like could take a bit of a bit of a leap this year. So Smith Marset, just look at it. Fifth round pick in 2021. He struggled early on for for playing time. He flashed in a couple of games, and then yeah, the the, the final game was where he got his his opportunity. Um, took three passes for 103 yards and then the touchdown against the Bears. And it's it's them sort of opportunities you're going to have to look for for, for Marseille. He's not going to get regular playing time in uh, when they're all fit and healthy. Obviously, that they're going to be running the ball a lot with Dalvin Cook as well um, and Alexander Madison. Um, but but yeah, I, I like this offense. So I do like pieces in this offense. So I think KJ Osborne and Smith Marseille are, are two guys that I'm looking to to target if I can get them nice and cheap. Um, I'd, I'd certainly love to to hear what Kev was wanting to say about Smith Marset. I think that has made an interesting conversation. But but yeah, again, it's someone that if if it takes an injury or Adam Freeland decides to to hang it up, or if he leaves at the end of this season, then there's no reason why Smith Marset can't come into that wide receiver three role, and then he's fighting out of Osborne for wide receiver two role, and then he's you're looking at his ADP being 40 spots higher than it is right now. So again, I I, I like the pick. I like. I like the player, and it just takes a couple of a op- couple of things to happen for him to see a big workload. Yeah, I mean, if I, if I remember correctly, I think Kev was quite high on him as a as a rookie. Really liked him as a as a sleeper as a rookie. So I'm, I'm not too surprised that he's going in again for, for Smith Marset. And I know we we're, were in a league together, and, and Kev was a bit upset when I when I took him in one of those leagues. So that was a that was a little <laughs> hint that I thought Kev might pick him as as a sleeper. But yeah, like you said, I just feel. The fact that he's gone so deep with this pick as well, I mean, wide receiver 121, he's, he's not going to be a guy that's got that early opportunity. You're not going to get any wide receiver in that range that, that's guaranteed opportunity. So I feel like Kev's just gone for, for the situation where if, if KJ Osborne, while I think a lot of people do think he's quite an interesting sleeper, if he can maybe maybe get himself a little bit ahead of Osborne, if he can, if he can compete with Osborne and get the opportunities. Um, we've seen flashes of really speedy wide receiver that has those those big flashy games, those those big boom games. So if he can start working his way into a little bit more opportunity, compete for that that wide receiver three on this offense, then yeah, that 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 ADP's got to got to increase. And I feel like there's there's a chance that he can start getting some some value to your roster. So while it's a, a super deep pick and and Kev's gone very deep with, with the selection on this one, um, yeah, I think it's it's a great one as a as a last round pick in in your startups as a as a flyer that's got potential. So, yeah, absolutely love the pick. Um, with that, we're, we're going to move on to, to your your last sleep rally you've gone for. Yeah, so I've, I've actually gone all wide receivers. Um, <laughs> I, try, I tried looking at other, other positions, but they just weren't, weren't as appealing as these wide receivers. So I'm going to go for a rookie, and I'm going to go for Romeo Dubes, uh, wide receiver at Green Bay Packers. Uh, keep trade cut, I've got him at wide receiver 88. So um, it's just a bit similar to... To a lot of situations like the 49ers last year when they picked uh, their two running backs. Um, it's just the cheaper version that you're getting here. And uh, once they get to camp, they just they just start off equal. So if, if Doobs has been impressing, it, it, the, the reports are that he has been impressing, uh, certainly for the media, the media side of it. He caught more passes than any wide receiver in, in the open part of media practice. So... Someone that Aaron Rodgers was was looking to to throw to the quarterbacks were, were looking his way, and he pulled in nearly everything. And the fact he's also taken the number eighty seven. Is he going <laughs> to? Is he the next Jordy Nelson? <laughs> um, but but no, he's not going to be the next Jordy Nelson. But 
but but just looking at his production in college, back to back a thousand yard seasons to finish his his college career with Nevada, is you're just looking at when you had to take him in the rookie drafts, and he was going at ADP. He was wide receiver eighteen in round four, and then you've got his his uh, competitor for the for the job, Chris, Christian Watson went in round one, wide, wide receiver seven. So you could wait two or three rounds before you had to take Dube. So uh, th- there's no there's no telling that Christian Watson's going to be the, the number one receiver on on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Dubes could easily replace him. He, he could he could have a better camp than, than Christian Watson. Um, Christian Watson comes from that smaller school. Uh, we, we don't know how he's, he's obviously an athletic freak. Um, I mean, the whole situation is a bit strange looking into it because Aaron Rodgers has never... Never really liked thrown to rookie wide receivers. They've the Green Bay Packers have hardly ever given him a wide rookie wide receiver to <laughs> throw to. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And just the fact that he's wide receiver eighty eight. If if at all he becomes the second wide receiver on this team, you know, an Aaron Rodgers led team, the back to back MVP, then you're looking at someone that has got the ability to to rise up the rankings massively and and really contribute. We, we know Aaron Rodgers is good for for throwing at least 30 touchdowns a season you know they've got they've got to go to someone on this team so um i think it's going to be spread out but if dubs is going to catch catch a few touchdowns he's what i think his adp is only going to go up from here so wide receiver 88 i think again it's, it's easy to say that but i think the the ability for him to go up means that his his adp is only going to go up from here and it's it could be his floor yeah, no, absolutely. I think he's a, a great selection. And to be honest, at, at the given values, I think I'd take Dubes over over Watson at where you can get them anyway mm. in, in your drafts. I mean, they're the both obviously rookies coming in. Watson got that, that draft capital. But like you touched upon, coming from that smaller school, we, we don't really, I feel like he's a raw From what I've heard, Dubes is actually more pro-ready than what Watson is. I think Watson's a, a very raw prospect, somebody that obviously has that huge potential with, with the athleticism that he has. But yeah, the value. I mean, like you said, wide receiver 88. Where's Watson going? I bet he's 30 spots, maybe even 40 spots higher mm-hmm. than, yeah, I'd probably say 40 spots higher than, than what you can get, dude. So, um, yeah, at value, he's definitely somebody. And if you're looking for part of, of that offense, he's the, the guy that I'd rather go for, take that later shot at, at this rookie. And like you said, it's it's a shame that Aaron Rodgers always labeled as never really wanting to, to throw to his wide receivers. They're on a pretty short leash. If if they don't impress him early, then then you, you're kind of struggling with Rodgers. But the fact that he has been impressing in, in camps is obviously a positive. Hopefully he can carry that through into into the season. And like you said, there's not really a great deal um, of weapons there for him to, to pass to. So if Dubes can claim a, a role there early, and like you said, he's, he's got to throw the ball to somebody. So um, if he can take that step forward, and we know finally Adams is going to be a, a huge loss to to the Packers, and and I don't think one player can step up and be that. So it's going to be a, a couple of players that are going to take that step forward, and and yeah, I think he's, he's just a really interesting player that you can get late on to to an offense where there's a, a massive opportunity for 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 these guys to to step forward. So yeah, absolutely love the selection. Wide receiver eight, yeah, it's, it's dirt cheap in your rookie drafts. You're probably getting him third, fourth round of, of your rookie draft. So. Um, yeah, a guy that I think you should definitely be targeting and, and just getting a piece of this Green Bay offense and, and see it where it takes you in, into next year. Um, mm-hmm. And with that, we'll move on to my final sleeper. And and, and like you, Ali, you've gone for all wide receivers. I've tried to mix it up a little bit, gone for a few different <laughs> positions. With, we've had my wide receiver, we've had my tight end. So 
I'm now going to go to, to the running back and I'm going to go for Tyler Beatty, um, the running back for, for the Ravens. Again, there's probably a common theme here if you, if you listen to us before the NFL draft, leading up to the NFL draft. I've kind of gone for a lot of players <laughs> that, that I like pre-NFL draft and I'm, I'm clinging on for dear hope that, that these guys can, can still produce even though these guys have all seemed to, to slid a little bit due to, to whether it be in the NFL draft and, and in fantasy. But yeah, Tyler Bader landing with the, the Ravens. Um, it was a shame to see him slide. I believe he went round five in, in the NFL, but the fact that he's been picked up by the Ravens while on the face of it doesn't look good, obviously we know uh, Lamar Jackson, the, the rushing ability he has, is, is behind um, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards in, in that backfield. But these are two running backs coming off real serious injuries. Um, and I, and I know J.K. Dobbins has just absolutely dunked on Ian Rappaport, didn't he, yesterday, saying that, <laughs> that he's confident he's going to be ready for, for week one. And yeah, that, that was quite funny to, to read yesterday. But even still, it is, it's still a tough injury, for, as I say, for both of these guys to to come off and, and with Bader there's there's a potential opportunity there for him and I feel like they've they've kind of been looking for this kind of running back before um was it Hill that they had um previous that, that never really got going for them um, but he's a similar smaller back that that had that that speed that that upside but just couldn't seem to get things going so is Bader that that another smaller running back but's got that receiving upside um hopefully they're going to look to maybe utilize the running backs a little bit more in, in the past game because we know the Ravens haven't really been a a team that focus on the running backs. So I just feel like with Bader, there's that potential opportunity there. I mean, when you're talking running backs, um, you're banking opportunities, especially with when there's top end guys like, like JK Dobbins above him. But he's currently RB sixty seven on on keep trade cut, which is I just feel that's far too far too far too late, far too cheap to be honest. I feel like he should be going a few spots earlier than that. And then as I say, that the opportunity could be there from him to maybe form some kind of committee with the, the running backs there. I feel like J.K. Dobbins will be will be the start, will be the lead back. We know he's the bigger back, he's, he's the bruising back, but I just feel like Bailey offers something a little bit different to this Ravens backfield, the, the fact that they've, they've grabbed him, picked him up. Um, yeah, I just feel like there could be a potential opportunity there from him. Um, as I say, it's tough with these running backs, you, you're banking on opportunity, but um, I do quite like the situation. The, the Ravens, like we said a little bit earlier, didn't we, with, with Trey Lance, I think the fact that they've got Lamar Jackson there, while it does take away um, potential touchdowns, the the lanes that it opens for your running backs and, and with Bader being that smaller, niftier running back, yeah, I think it, it, could, it could potentially work out for me if, if he does get that shot. So, yeah, what do you think, Ali? What, what, what's your feelings on Tyler Bader? Yeah, I must admit, you, you and Kev talked me into Tyler Bader. He wasn't <laughs> someone that I was, I was obsessed with in the rookie draft process, but I have managed, I have picked him up and I think he was my running back something like seven eight or nine uh, after the draft i think i certainly really like the situation that he's landed into is you know the perfect running system talk about high powered offenses well the the baltimore ravens if you want you want their running backs to be honest because that's all they want to do is run the ball um looked at last year i think didn't devonta freeman end up being a, mm. a, a productive runner back for the for the ravens to with all the injuries that went on and I mean he can hardly run so <laughs> Tyler Bader you're just looking for as you mentioned Matt, you're just looking for an opportunity with J.K. Dobbins Gus Edwards coming back from their serious injuries they brought in Mike Davis again Mike mm -hmm. Davis is someone that's on his last legs that really doesn't impress me so no. uh, yeah Tyler Bader just brings something different to all of those guys just looking for an opportunity and if he does get an opportunity say there's, there's one injury and he comes in and, and he's a third down back uh, then, then you're looking at a, a little bit of a spike in value. So, running back 67, 
he's someone that I picked up in a lot of the rookie drafts. I've got quite a lot of Beatty, someone that I'm happy to happy to stash. I'm happy to to try and grab all the pieces on this offense. I've got plenty of Gus Edwards. I've got plenty <laughs> of J.K. Dobbins. Um, so yeah, I absolutely love this offense, and and I will love every piece. So I think this is an absolute smash selection from you, Matt. Um, yeah, absolutely love it. Oh, appreciate appreciate the um, the acceptance there. I'm glad that we I'm glad that we got you on board. Obviously before the draft, and now that you, you're still on board, it's mm-hmm. it's brilliant, mate. But um, yeah, with that, we've got a little bit of time left, Ali. So so what do you say we, we give us own wildcard selections? Obviously, we <laughs> when we have guests on, we get them to give our wildcard selections. What do you think? Should, should we should we throw our alcohol while we're talking about sleepers, guys that are going to improve the, the dynasty value? I mean, it all leads in perfectly. So, yeah, I think we should maybe give our alcohol. Yeah. So, sadly, no Kev, but maybe we can get Kev to, to give his on a, on a future show, maybe in a, a week or two's time. But, mm. yeah, should we go for it? Let's, should, we, should we throw yours in first? Who's going to be your, what do we do when we have the guest on? We go, Ali, who, who is your wildcard selection? <laughs> yeah, so we, we do proper put the our uh, guess on on the spot and put them under mm-hmm. pressure to to give us a good a good wild card and I don't know whether it was the heat getting to me today but I've <laughs> gone for I've gone <laughs> I've gone for Ronald Jones now that it might be absolutely crazy for me to go for Ronald Jones <laughs> um someone that I fell out of love with on as a, as a Buccaneers fan um I did actually have someone else in my wild card but I've, I've changed to Jones because I do see his situation being better than where he's been ranked right now so Obviously, went to the Kansas City Chiefs on a on a vet, veteran minimum deal. So initially, looking at that, you think, well, he's not going to get much of a, a role if you just look at the money that he's been paid. But just look at what he's, he's heading to. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs are one of, one of the best, if not the best, offense in the NFL. They have been for the past three or four seasons with the the best quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they selected CH in the first round, which was a massive shock to a lot of people. I know I was a sucker for it and drafted him in a couple of places at the one of one and re- regret it. But he's had his struggles ever since he's come into the league. Um, you've just got to look at what's left of, of the Kansas City Chiefs running back room. You've got Jerick McKinnon, who's now 30 years old. You've got Derek Gore, who flashed last year. And you've got Isaiah Pacheca, the, the rookie coming in. Um, yes, not great competition. And Ronald Jones is someone that's had himself to... A thousand yard seasons in terms of from scrimmage um but then he didn't i think the fact that bruce arians was was obviously the head coach time by buccaneers he needs his his runner backs to to pass block and ronald jones is someone that cannot he, he tries bless him he absolutely tries but he just cannot pass <laughs> block so he did not trust him tom brady didn't trust him and they they handed the keys to the backfield to to leonard fournette which, which worked out but <clears throat> put runner jones sat Sat on the sideline. Um, I think he was second round pick for us, but but now he's he's got a fresh start. He's still only twenty four years old, so he's not even reached that age where we're looking to to throw away our, our running backs. He's still got still got plenty of miles left in them legs. He's he's explosive when he's at his best. I know there was that highlight reel, well that play where he took the ball ninety eight yards against the Carolina Panthers to the house from one end zone to the other. Nobody could catch up to him. So in in his prime, he can absolutely deliver. He's got no no real pass catching ability. Another reason why he, he fell out of favour with the Buccaneers is that he can he can catch a pass. But but for first down and second down on play on a, you know this amazing offense, it, it can equal someone that can be productive in fantasy. And just look at his ADP is going RB fifty one in June start up, start up at, at DLF. 
that's someone that I'm interested in. I think that there's scope for that to go higher. And I think he can earn himself a contract on this team. Um, he's currently just on the, on the vet minimum. I think it's one and a half million dollars, which which is not a lot. Um, but but yeah, I think there is an opportunity where he overtake even overtakes Ceh on this mm. on this team. He can become that lead back for first down and second down duty. And if he does, who knows? He, he could easily run in ten touchdowns this year. He could have himself possibly a thousand yard season. And then you're looking at someone who's 25 years old. He just earned himself a contract, say a two or three year contract on the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the best offenses in the NFL. So I, th- I think that his ADP can can see a little bit of a spike. So that would be my wild card. I'm, I'm reaching down into the barrel a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm going for going for Ronald Jones. To be honest, I, I really love it. And it's a shame Kev's not here because we know that Kev had a had a, a little moment where he was absolutely in love with, with Ronald Jones on, on your <laughs> Buccaneers and then obviously Fournette came and, and ruined everything. But yeah, I think you, you've made some great points. That The fact that he's so young as well, still only 24, it's, it's hard to believe he's pretty much the same age as, as Najee Harris is obviously just entering mm-hmm. his, his second year in the NFL. Because he came in such a, a young prospect, that the fact that he is now still only 24 and, and heading off to another team, it, it still gives you that little bit of leeway in, in fantasy that there is hope that he can he can have a few more years in him. Obviously, not really being heavily used either with the Buccaneers, so it's not like he's got too much tread on the tyres as well. So, yeah, I think he's a really interesting pick. The situation that he's in, there's definitely a potential opportunity for him there if it can be out CEH. He was obviously not lit it up so far as, as in terms of an NFL running back, but um, yeah, really like the selection and and what we're going for these wildcard picks. But we're trying to look for guys that can gain in value. So the fact that he is going, what did you say, RB51 on, on DLF? Yeah. I think he's RB45 on keep trade cut. You've got that room for, for plenty of growth, and he could see his, himself jump up 20 spots quite quite easily with a, with a good season. So, yeah, absolutely love the big Cali. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Kev feels the, feels the same, and, and he'd be saying mm-hmm. the, the same thing if if he was here to join us. But um, with that, I'll, I'll go on to, to my wildcard section. I had a little think about who to go for, but like yourself, the whole point of the wildcard is going for a guy that's it's deeper down and, and can gain in that value. We want guys that can can gain the most value. So the, the guy I've gone for is is the wide receiver for the, for the new wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and and that's um, Christian Kirk. I mean, the guy's just got paid. Um, we always say follow the money. So the fact that he's on such a, a big contract now, going over to to the Jags, um, currently going wide receiver forty eight on keep trade cut. So like we touched upon, he's definitely got that room to. To grow, but the reasons why I love him first off, like I just touched upon, that the big contract that's that's pointing to me that the, the the Jags want to use him as as much as possible, make him be a key part of this offense. And then there's the opportunity over with the Jags. I mean, the the guys behind him, we're, we're talking Marvin Jones getting up there in age, show flashes last year, but as I say, 30, 31 years old. And they brought in Zay Jones, a, a younger guy, but He's not really produced. I believe he was an undrafted free agent, wasn't he? Uh, wasn't he when he, he came to the NFL and didn't really get going? Never really lived up to. There was a lot of hype around him when when he started flashing, but never really built on on that. So that they brought him in, but again, not really someone to to concern me. And Lavisca Chenault, another wide receiver that while he had a bit of hype coming in that that round two draft capital, but again, really struggled. So I just feel like there's a lot of opportunity here for Christian Kirk. The offense that he's on, I feel like. If Trevor Lawrence can take that step forward, this is a guy that before he came into NFL, we were all swooning over over Trevor Lawrence, what a great college quarterback he was. I just feel 
what he showed as a, a rookie was was too bad to be true. I feel like he can take a step forward. No more Urban Meyer, which is obviously going to be a huge bonus for for the quarterback, but but this offense as, as a whole. Um, I just feel like there's a lot of things pointing towards a breakout in in this offense. That the defense as well, the Jags, um, not not the the best defense. I feel there's going to be a lot of of passing opportunities. So as I say, I just feel like Kurt being that that key guy that's standing out. The fact they paid him. They, they want him to be a key part. I feel like he's going to fit in nicely, can can be used in the slot, can be used out wide. We've, we've seen that with the Cardinals. I really liked him on the Cardinals, but never really got the opportunity. It was played out wide a lot. Never really got into the slot. Obviously, Larry Fitzgerald was there um, for a long time. And then when he did get to play in the slot last year, he had his, his best year. So I'm just really excited about Christian Kirk. I think that, <clears throat> I think he can definitely take a step forward. And as I say, with these wild card sections, we're looking for guys that are, going later on your draft wide receiver 48 for a guy that's just been paid to be the wide receiver one on this offense <clears throat> i don't think it'd be crazy to see him jump up into to being a i don't know maybe even pushing could it be a wide receiver 20 just below that that range a, a low wide receiver two i don't think that would shock me and as i say that's a 20 25 point jump on, on where his current adp is if he can hit the ground running with the jags so yeah that's that's my wild card selection what do you think Kelly? Are, are you behind this one do you do you rate my, mm-hmm. my selection here? Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely on board with this one. Christian Kirk is someone that I've got a soft spot for. I've got plenty of in, di- in Dynasty. Uh, I think we all personally wanted him to stay in Arizona and, and be that slot guy. But but he's actually gone for so much money that it's it's turned out for it to be a great move. And if he is the wide receiver one for, for Trevor Lawrence, someone that can be an elite quarterback, one of the best college prospects ever coming out, then I think it's a fantastic move for Christian Kirk. The fact that he it's finished wide receiver 26 last year and not a lot of people talk about how sneaky good he was last year. So if he's gone from wide receiver 26 when he was like the second or third option on on the team, if he's now the wide receiver one and is the first target for, for Trevor Lawrence, then I think he can be a wide receiver two. And the fact that he's being drafted as a wide receiver four and people are, people are ranking him as wide receiver four, I think there's definitely scope for for a massive rise and I wouldn't be surprised if that ADP rises considerably uh, come next year if as we, we always say follow the money as you mentioned Matt so <laughs> yeah Christian Kirk is someone that we, a lot of people gobsmacked at the amount of money that he did get um, but yeah he's he's produced he produced last year nearly had a thousand yard season um, and I, I think someone that can can have I think I've gone on the record and said it um, a couple of months ago I think he will have a thousand yard season this year yeah. and be the the number one target on this offense so if that if that comes true, then his his ADP is going to be at least 15, 20 spots higher than it is right now. Yeah, Sloane Young as well, twenty five years old. I mean, we're seeing it. They got an older guy like Cooper Cup last year. I'm not I'm not saying he's going to do what Cooper Cup did, but the fact that he was going so late, and even though he's twenty eight now in twenty nine, he's seen a massive spike in his dynasty value due to to the production. As I say, I'm not I'm not saying that Christian Kirk is going to be anything like Cooper Cup, but if he can be that be a wide receiver too in fantasy, then you're getting him an absolute bargain, I think, currently in, in his current ADP. So, yeah, there we go. We've, we've given his wild card selection. I think that's the first time we've, we've ever actually given a, a wild card selection for ourselves. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to look back <laughs> and see. I'm sure Kev's going to gonna come on and, and let us know his. Um, any quick final thoughts? We've not got long left, but any final thoughts? No, just uh, I hope we absolutely smashed last year's picks out of the ground, out of the park. <laughs> I think we, we had our practice last year, so this is this is the real sleepers. 
absolutely. I think we've we've picked some good ones here, and I'm hopeful that these sleepers can can outproduce what we did last year. But as I say, that that's not saying too much. But <laughs> no, really like all the guys that we've mentioned. But yeah, with that, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. Also, if you could just leave us a five card podcast review, and um, that'd be hugely appreciated. It really helps us get a, a wider a wider exposure to to a wider audience. And be sure to join us next Tuesday, the 26th. We're joined by the Stack King himself, Tom Strachan. Um, to talk a little bit of Dynasty Best Ball, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Thank you once again. Have a good one, and we'll see you again soon. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.